The Falcons have a new quarterback. The NFL is inspiring us with the inspired change. We remember Mike Leach, the pirate, the man, the myth, the legend himself. And we check in on our basketball teams in the South. Friday is here, so are we, and so is our new episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. Honest. Let's make this night last forever. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Still 14. Joining me later on is my co-host, Christy. You can find her at Christy Marie underscore double zero on Instagram and TikTok. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all different sports and different forms and variety. Like we said, December is a busy time. It's a great time of year. We love it. But more importantly, it is the playoffs for fantasy football. So if you love fantasy football and you're in the playoffs, good for you. If not, I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. But we have a lot of news to go over and we have a lot to... Break down. So before we get into it, let's talk about something that's not really talked about here, and that's the Inspire Change Initiative. Now, I got this alert this morning that the NFL awarded five new grants through the Inspire Change Initiative. And it's through the Social Justice Initiative that will focus on police and community relations. And my third first pro sorry, my first idea towards this is Wow, this is amazing. Now, here's the thing about why this is very important. So with the change initiative, this not only allows us to look at things in a completely different way, but it also allows us to see that we're building relations and making a change. And Takiyo Spikes had said that. Now, Takiyo Spikes is well known in the SEC, played at Auburn. This is huge for all of us. So my thought process here is, you know, we're growing. We're growing as a group of people. We're growing as a society. And that's what means so much for us here. Now, let's kind of break this down here because one of the big cities on this list is Atlanta. This is huge for the South and for the small markets because, once again, we don't usually get a lot of support and focus when it comes to the South. Now you may be wondering where this idea comes of me wanting to look at social impact or social justice or grassroots. Well, actually, this is a big shout out to my professor Meredith Bagley for my time at Alabama. She was a big reason for why I was so in love with the idea of grassroots organizations. I actually did one of my senior projects on the Players Coalition, which is a group of players who work to make sure that everyone has equal rights and that people are staying committed and growing together and that everyone has equal opportunities. So this is huge that not only is it starting and getting funding, but it's happening in Atlanta, it's happening in Chicago, it's happening in DC, and it's also happening just throughout so many different places throughout the South. So what's a main focus here? So Takiyo Spikes had said that they have one common goal, and this is to make sure that people are treated properly and provide resources. I love that goal. I think that's terrific because not only with this is that you're getting recognition, but you're showing that you care about people throughout 
the world and throughout society. We want to be treated the same way. Sometimes it's hard to be treated that way. This is a way where we can make sure we're getting a chance to be treated differently and that we are getting a chance to be treated fairly. Now, they're also bringing in an award, the Inspire Change Changemaker Award, and they're going to be given to 32 individuals from, from each team who are making a difference in their communities through social justice work individually or as part of a nonprofit organization. This just makes me think about Walter Payton because this is all the things that Walter Payton loved to do. And to hear that we're making a big difference here, this is tremendous. You know, I'm so proud and I'm so honored about this. Now, I can't cover everything about this right now, but I am going to share this picture later on and I'll see what other people think about this. But I'm going to keep coming back to this. This is huge. And the fact that we're making a difference and that the recipients were announced today at the time of this recording and that the league is highlighting commitment to social justice over the next two weeks, that's amazing. We are growing so much and so much is going to continue to improve from this action. And I'm so excited. I just cannot wait to see how much we grow with this new social action initiative. Now, I do want to say that with this episode, I wanted to dedicate it to Mike Leach. Now, as we all have talked about, Mike Leach did just pass away Monday night due to heart problems. And here's the thing about Mike Leach is that not only was he an inspiration for the air raid, but he also is one of the most likable coaches out there. I don't think I ever heard anything negative about him except something by Craig James. And that was not really Mike Leach's fault, but we'll talk more about that later. Now with Mike Leach, he's well known for creating the air raid and finalizing it. And obviously, you know, there are so many people who were inspired by him and he did great things at Texas Tech. He did great stuff at Washington State. But there's one thing I want to mention about him. After a win, Gardner Minshew came up to Mike Leach and gave him a fake mustache to put on. Now, Gardner Minshew at his time at Washington State was known for having a really terrific mustache. Now, most coaches might have just looked the other way, might not have really tried to get involved or just ignored him. Mike Leach lets his quarterback put on this silly mustache on his face. And that tells you the type of person that Mike Leach was. To show that he wanted to have fun, he wanted to be engaging with his players, with his coaches. Everyone has said so many wonderful things about him that I think it's important that we recognize him as a person. He did so many great things, but his personality is the big reason why he was so loved. You think about his interviews, you think about his press conferences. He literally was telling someone wedding advice a few weeks ago. Isn't that terrific? So you can look at the records, you can look at what he was doing as a coach. But here's the thing about Mike Leach. So many people love him as a person. And no matter what happens, we're still going to love him because his legacy is going to live on. Now, Washington State Athletic Director Pat Chun said, there will never be another Mike Leach. He was the most interesting man alive. And then more than a dozen people in and around Leach's final stop of Starkville, Mississippi, shared stories. And 
with this, he had once said, you're going to be dead in 100 years, so live dangerously. And that's such a Mike Leach thing to say. Now with him, there are so many different stories that have come out. One of them was, I rode in a car with him one time in 97 when we were at Kentucky and we played Vanderbilt. That was the last time I ever rode with him. And that's sounds like Mike Leach for sure. And... I think with it too, obviously, you know, we've heard stories about how he's inspired people and how he has just been a big part of college football. But I think with this, what's really important is all the support and love of Mike Leach. So we're all Mississippi State fans right now, and we need to support them. We need to make sure that we are there for them because... At this time, it's hard. So we're thinking of Mike Leach's family and we're thinking of Mississippi State right now because they need our love and support more than anything. And it is Friday, so you know what that means. It is time for Christy's Corner, and I'm so excited for her to jump into this arrangement of different news and stories. As always, it's your time to shine, Christy. Hi, guys. Welcome to another Friday episode of Christy's Corner. I'm going to start with something that's a little heavy, and that's the passing of Mississippi State coach Mike Leach. This is a big loss for the college football world. He passed away at 61 from heart complications. Mike Leach is going to be remembered for a long time. He's going to be remembered for the funny things that he said the impact he made for Mississippi State and other teams that he was a coach for. But there are some bigger stories that I just wanted to highlight, and I think they just show the reach that Mike Leach had and will continue to have even after his passing. So the first story was from when Mike Leach was a coach at Texas Tech, and Texas Tech was looking for a kicker. And Mike did not look for another college to kind of steal their kicker. He didn't look to sign somebody from high school. He looked right in the crowd, right from the fans of Texas Tech. There was a student named Matt Williams who was kicking to try to win, I think it was like free rent for a month or something. And he did it. He kicked the field goal. He won free rent. And he also won a spot as the kicker for Texas Tech. Mike Leach took a shot. He said you can win games with field goals. And once Matt Williams joined that team, he never missed a field goal. So I think that speaks to how Mike Leach could see things in his players and people who weren't yet his players. Another story that really stuck out to me was another time when Mike Leach was coaching. He had a player that he had to sit down with and have that talk like, you know, you're never going to play. You're not going to be a starter. But he was going to give him a chance at something else. He said, why don't you be a student assistant coach? And that student wasn't having it, left, stormed off. He did come back the next day. He decided to take that offer. And that student's name was Lincoln Riley. And we all know the impact that Lincoln Riley is having right now as a head coach. Um, You know, we saw what he did with Oklahoma, and now he's on to USC doing great things there. I think, again, that just speaks to Mike Leach and the legacy that he's going to leave behind. He 
will be represented at the bowl game. Mississippi State chose to play in that game, and I think that's what Mike would have wanted. Their new coach has been named. It's the Mississippi State defensive coordinator, Zach Arnett. And I think that's a great choice. I think they were smart in going with someone that is familiar with that team. They're not bringing in someone brand new from somewhere else. It's someone that has worked right with Mike Leach. So I think he's going to be able to really have a positive impact, but also understand where the players are coming from. And that's going to be an emotion-filled game. But speaking of bowl games and to lighten things up a bit, I'm going to highlight some upcoming bowl games because bowl season is coming now. There are 43 bowl games, so I'm not going to talk about them all. We have games from Miami, Ohio versus UAB. So there's some games that might not be so impactful, maybe don't mean as much. So I'm going to just pull out a few that I think could be really, really interesting. So, of course, we have the big ones, the college football playoff semifinals, which is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which is Georgia versus Ohio. I do think Georgia's going to win that game. And we have the Fiesta Bowl, Michigan versus TCU, and I think Michigan's going to take that one. Then we have some other notable games on December 29th. We will have the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. That's Oregon versus North Carolina. And here's where I think that one could get interesting. Oregon's quarterback is Bo Nix. Now, he could enter the NFL draft, and we have not heard from him yet. Or he could come back for another season with Oregon. So if he decides to come back and he plays in this bowl game, I think that could make for an interesting game, and I think it could put Oregon on the map for next season. Also, December 29th, we have the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, and that's Oklahoma versus Florida State. So this will be Florida State's first bowl game since 2019, and it's in Orlando. So Florida State fans can travel. It's not too far away, so it may go to Florida State depending on the atmosphere. December 30th, we have Duke's Mayo Bowl, and this is North Carolina State versus Maryland. This one's fun because the winner gets a big vat of mayo dumped on them. I mean, who doesn't want to watch that? (laughs) But also, they are former ACC rivals. So Maryland entered the Big Ten in 2014, so these teams have not played each other since then. And Maryland also has Baby Tua, so I like to watch him and watch Maryland. We have the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. That's Notre Dame versus South Carolina. Um, South Carolina had a decent season under Shane Beamer. Um, They do have some injuries, but they did beat Tennessee. They did beat Clemson. So could be a decent game, but Notre Dame and South Carolina both have some opt-outs either uh, going to the draft or in the transfer portal. So it's really going to depend on who's playing starters. We have the Capital One Orange Bowl. That's Clemson versus Tennessee. And I think that one's fun because it's just going to be Battle of the Orange. And I hope they both wear their orange uniforms. I think that would be really fun. But we're going to see Cade Klubnik with Clemson because DJ entered the transfer portal. And with Tennessee, we're going to see Milton, obviously, because Hendon Hooker is injured. 
And then on December 31st, we have the All-State Sugar Bowl. It's Kansas State versus Alabama, obviously rooting for Alabama there. But Kansas kind of has a quarterback decision to make for that game. So we could see Will Howard. We could see Adrian Martinez. Now, Kansas State beat TCU. So if Alabama can beat Kansas State, you know, then you have the argument, well, we should be in the playoffs because we could beat TCU. And I think it's just, a good way to end your season if you didn't get in the playoffs to win your bowl game. So that would be nice for Alabama. On January 2nd, we have the ReliaQuest Bowl, which is Illinois versus Mississippi State. I think that one could be pretty interesting, but I think we all need to be Mississippi State fans for that game. And last, we have the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. This is LSU versus Purdue, and here's why this one's on my list. This just came out today that at that game, Drew Brees will be acting as the interim assistant coach. Obviously, he's a Purdue alumni, so it's not a huge surprise. I just, I'm not sure that anybody thought we would see him back in a coaching position or on the field at all. So that'll be interesting to watch him lead that team some transfer portal news happening um some of it's new some of it's not we have dj from clemson he's still out there he hasn't committed to a new school now ohio state is gonna need a new quarterback notre dame's gonna need a new quarterback Um, but michigan's backup quarterback alan bowman has also entered the portal so there are some quarterbacks up for grabs some people are saying alabama will need a quarterback but i don't agree i think they have really strong quarterback now they only have two i'm not sure who the third one is but i know obviously they have Jalen milrow and then ty simpson so i think they're okay obviously you want to have a third one but i don't think they're hurting for one now some interesting things that i was reading in the crystal ball, they call it. Um, TCU is looking strong for picking up Texas A&M's Chris Marshall, who was a receiver, and Alabama's JoJo Earl. I'm not sure I would have picked TCU for him. I think in the last episode I said maybe he will decide to stay at Bama or just go to another SEC team. So that'll be interesting if that pans out. I also saw where it's looking like Alabama's tackle Tommy Brockmeyer might also join JoJo Earl at TCU. So TCU could come back again starting in like the top 10 of the rankings if all these players truly commit to TCU. Keep watching the transfer portal. There's going to be a lot more movement happening. We also have some fun NFL games coming up this weekend. It's kind of like the Battle of the South, I guess. We have the Steelers versus the Panthers. Now, they're both they both have the same record, but the Steelers still cannot decide on their quarterback, and the Panthers look good with Sam Darnold. Even their run game looks really good. So, I'm going to pick the Panthers for that game. We have the Falcons versus the Saints. Not great records for either of them. I think I'm going to go with the Falcons here. Sorry, Jake. (laughs) And we have the Titans versus the Chargers, who also have the same record. Neither one looks great, but I'm going with the Chargers just because of the struggle that the Titans have had on defense. 
And then we have Bengals versus the Bucks, and I'm going with Bengals here. Um, the Bucks have a lot of defensive injuries, and I still don't think Tom Brady has the right mentality with whatever is going on with him. And the Bengals are good this year, so Bengals there. It'll be interesting, and I think we'll talk about it next week. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. I really wish you could have picked the Saints, but I understand. I mean, the Saints have kind of been a dumpster fire this whole year. But moving on, I think it is a great time for the teams in the South to play. Obviously, I am very surprised with the Panthers. I'm going to choose them to win. I know, very surprising, because we've basically been saying how the Panthers are a dumpster fire, too. But I think that with this, you know, they have that kind of firepower and that weirdness. They're a sleeper team, which is very cool to see. With the Falcons and the Saints, I'm going with the Saints. I mean, I know they're a dumpster fire, but they're my dumpster fire. So I definitely think that I could see them coming out. Besides, they're also starting Desmond Ritter. And, you know, who wants to start in their first game against Cam Jordan, who's one of the best pass rushers of this decade we've also got the titans chargers i don't know what's going on with the titans i feel like right now you know they just fired their general manager they look like they're on the downward spiral so i wouldn't be surprised if they struggle this is kind of a 50 50 but i could see it being the chargers with the win austin eckler could be too much justin herbert has looked a lot better but this defense is hurting so derrick henry I wouldn't be surprised if he stiff arms Derwin James a few times. But this team right now and this game could be one that many people are surprised about what can happen. So be on the lookout for this game. It could be a dark horse. Now, remember, we also have a lot of games played on Saturday. I know it's great. You know, people are saying, oh, well, college football is over. You don't have to worry about that now. But we have to watch NFL football. So if your girlfriends, your wives, your kids are saying you're watching too much NFL football, tell them that it's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, don't, don't say that. I feel like if you do say that, then we're all going to get in trouble and we don't want that. But anyway, you know, be sure to check out some NFL games on this Saturday. That's really weird to say. But I think with this, you know, we've got a really good and exciting weekend plan for these NFL games. And finally, I did want to discuss some news for our small market teams when it comes to basketball. More importantly, what the heck is going on with our basketball teams? Now, right now, at the time of this recording, the Pelicans are in second place. That's terrific. The Grizzlies are in first place. We love that. We've got two teams in the top. However, there are so many injuries going on in our small market teams because DeJounte Murray was out and the Hawks lost to the Magic. Brandon Ingram is out, and that's kind of been a reason why the Pelicans just aren't looking right. And right now, the Hornets got Lamella back, but now Gordon Hayward is hurt. So injuries suck. Injuries are being a big deal to these teams. But how long can these teams survive without their stars playing? Now, like I said, with the Pelicans, they are doing pretty well. They had a seven-game winning streak. I mean, all winning streaks have to come to an end. But with this team, they're without Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram is their leader. Yes, I know people will say, well, what about CJ McCollum or Zion? No, it's Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram has been there a lot longer, and more people are going to listen to him than anyone else. 
Now, with the other teams, though, too, it's important to note that the Atlanta Hawks are now the ninth seed. Remember when they were just the seventh seed a few days ago? Obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies are number one, and then New Orleans Pelicans are number two. But look at the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets are at the bottom of their division. Now, right now, it looks like they are tanking. I mean, if they want Victor, go for it. But right now, you know, you go to overtime and you lose to the Pistons. You lose to the 49, I mean, sorry, you lose to the 76ers. You lose to the Knicks. You lose to the Nets. You lose to the Clippers. You lose to the Bucks. They have not won. And that's very concerning because we've talked a lot about Charlotte and how right now they need a culture change. Now, the Atlanta Hawks, two-game losing streak. That is okay. The Charlotte Hornets, a six-game losing streak. Not okay. Now, the Memphis Grizzlies, winners of seven straight. That might change. New Orleans Pelicans, last 10, 7-3. But what's concerning is their away record. They are 6-7. and seven. They're doing better on the road. I mean, they're doing better at home. That's not going to be the case. Right now, they need to get it together. Now, can these teams survive just doing things on their own? At this rate, I'm not really sure because right now it's still early in the season, but there's a lot of basketball left. So these teams need to get healthy. They need to have their energy and their dynamic push back. But the Pelicans need B.I. The Hawks need DeJounte Murray. And the Hornets just need to figure out what the heck to do. So I think with this right now, it's very critical for all these teams to not only keep playing well, but most importantly, just being themselves. The South is getting on the map. They're getting recognition. Maybe a little too much recognition because I feel like now that the Pelicans are getting recognition, that's kind of why we're starting to struggle. And I might have to say that that's kind of NBA on ESPN's fault. Maybe it's not. But still, with these teams, they have a lot in the spotlight. And this is where it's really important to make sure that they are continuing to do great and wonderful things because basketball is growing in the South and it's very important to see. But that's going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We could not have done this without y'all. We are so grateful for y'all, especially during this holiday season. As always, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake's Soap 14. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. Be sure to check out Christy's link tree for our bonfire website so you can get some merch for a discount off. We will be back on Tuesday. As always, think of others for the holiday season. Be sure to drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Anchor. We're basically on all Spotify platforms and podcast platforms. And as always, as always, as always, be thankful for each other. Continue to be the best version of you you can be. Be great to one another. Be a light in this world. The world is still a very scary place. And as always, as always, we appreciate everything y'all do for the show. We couldn't have done it without y'all. And as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care. Now, something that is a little random is that the Atlanta Falcons are making a quarterback change. And it seems as though... Marcus Mariota kind of just giving up. They're mentioning that it's something with his knee or he's having surgery. He's not going on IR. 
But now they're starting Desmond Ritter. Now, it's one thing to start your rookie quarterback, but you're waiting till the end of the season. You're not really in playoff contention now that the Carolina Panthers are doing well. And by the way, your first start is going to be against your division rival. So with this team, it's very surprising. Now, I don't know if Arthur Smith is going to be on the hot seat, but look a little bit to see what happens in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to run the ball more. But with this, they are mentioning that Desmond Ritter might be able to throw it out. I don't know how I feel about that. You don't have Kyle Pitts. Your number one receiver is a rookie. And then you have Zacchaeus. Then you also have Cordero Patterson coming back. So I think with this, I would be very surprised. Now, this is going to be a very tough first start for Desmond Ritter. But this also lets us see if he's actually going to be the future or not. Right now, it's still very early to see. But it's very surprising, too, because right now, we don't know what could happen. Now, what can the Saints do if they don't have him or he's not the guy? Well, they can always look in free agency. They can always see what they can do to upgrade. But right now, this experiment after Matt Ryan was traded away isn't really working out. I don't think Marcus Mariota was ever really the guy. You can kind of see that in the chemistry there. But right now with this team, they're still rebuilding. They haven't looked like themselves, especially after Julio and Matt Ryan have gone away. And I think with this team right now, they're definitely a representation of needing not just a culture change, but needing to develop and grow more in the South. So keep your eyes out on... Sunday for the Saints-Falcons game. See what Desmond Ritter can do. Who knows? He can surprise all of us, or we might be seeing the Falcons go back to square one.